Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker. Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza, the pizza. Personally, I like the gourmet domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Creative Control with Beesh Comic. Hello and welcome to the show. I'd like to dedicate this episode to the person who owns the Volvo SUV that was idling in front of our house last night for over an hour. I don't know what was going on there. I We pulled up. We pulled up into the house. And I was like, huh, there's a car just sitting there. It's on. That's weird. There's no one in it. And then I didn't think anything of it. Then I came back about an hour later. In the living room, I looked out, and I'm like, hey, that thing's still on. So I went out and checked it out, and uh, it's just on. There's no keys in it. It had one of those buttons, the on-off buttons that cars have now, so I, I turned it off. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what it meant. I'm still not sure. It had Missouri plates. Missouri plates. The whole thing was very odd. Michelle, my wife, she thinks that someone maybe sat on their car remote, you know, and just turned on the car. Maybe they had that. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This show is dedicated to that that person for some reason. I just want to dedicate it to them because they made the evening interesting. On the program today, Jace Lasik of the Besnard Lakes is on the show, a band from Montreal whose latest record, Until an Excess Imperceptible UFO, has been out a little while, and they're playing a big show at Lee's Palace in Toronto uh, this uh, Friday evening. So I wanted to talk to Jace about that. We ended up talking a lot about drugs, which I know nothing about. I don't do any drugs of any kind. I recently became 
uh, completely addicted to coffee. After never drinking coffee in my life this year, I've become addicted to coffee. I didn't have, we're out of coffee, I have a headache. Apparently, uh, this is a withdrawal symptom. So, anyway, I'm going to make it through the show. Jace Lasik on the program. You're going to hear some uh, music by the Besnard Lakes as well. Maybe some other stuff. We'll see. Enjoy the program and remember, no more idling in front of my house. Brian Borchardt may be best known for his work in the exciting electro-rock band Holy F-Word, but he's got his own rock project called Dusted, who are playing Guelph's E-Bar on Thursday, December 5th. Dusted, which will feature Winter Sleep drummer Lowell Campbell, headlined the first evening of the 12th annual edition of Stay Out of the Mall, a benefit for the Canadian Cancer Society towards leukemia research in memory of University of Guelph student Sharon Marshall. The bill also includes Toronto's Marine Dreams, featuring members of Attack in Black, and Guelph's own beautifully scrappy rock band, Esther Gray. Tickets are available online now at ticketbreak.com or in person at the bookshelf, where a non-perishable donation to the Guelph Food Bank saves you $2 off of regular admission. Again, Dusted and Friends play the E-Bar on Thursday, December 5th. This venue is not accessible. For more information, please check the Facebook event page or visit vishkana.com. Jace Lasik is the co-founder and primary instrumentalist in the mighty Montreal rock band The Besnard Lakes. Originally from Regina, Saskatchewan, Lasik made his way to Montreal some time ago and now co-owns the state-of-the-art break glass recording studio where he serves as an engineer and producer. Among the uh, many cool records made at break glass is the latest and fourth full-length by The Besnard Lakes, Until an Excess Imperceptible UFO which was released earlier this year on Jag Jaguar and Outside Music. The band's current tour brings them to Toronto's Lee's Palace on November 29th, and here to discuss many of the things I just said is Jace Lasik of the Besnard Lakes. Uh, hey, Jace, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm surprised you were able to get that, uh, that album title out without stuttering. You, can't, you almost got it. I almost, until an excess, imperceptible UFO. I've, I, have, <laughs> I have said it in public before. As you know, I said it from the stage, I think, once, and it was fine. Uh, I, t- I, t- I had an interview with somebody who said that they were practicing it for about 20 minutes before we actually started the interview because they couldn't get it right. Oh, wow. How was the rest yeah. of the interview? Uh, I don't remember. See, I feel like if, if they had spent <laughs> as much time on the interview content and not just the album title, you, it would have stuck in your head, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So where, where in the world are you right now? Uh, I'm about a half an hour outside uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, that's nice. That's the yeah. uh, that's the centerpiece for the show Breaking Bad. Yes, it is. Yeah, there's been a lot of Breaking Bad references. It's also kind of the centerpiece for our album as well, which is totally unrelated to Breaking Bad. But we're going to there's a there's a the last song on our record is called Alamogordo, and it's uh, it's uh, a little town here in New Mexico. And there's a you know crazy story about 
video game burial sites and stuff, so we're going to go there today and, and bury one of our albums in the sand. Well, I had no idea about any of this. That's, that's amazing. I didn't realize this. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's something really cool about New Mexico. Like, I think, what, what, is it, uh, what does it say on their, uh, on their license plate? I'm actually outside right now, so I think it says something like the Land of Enchantment or something. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It la- yeah, Land of Enchantment. That's what it is. I, and it, it totally is. Like, there's, like, you know, we're going to go to Roswell as well, like, as well. <laughs> today. Roswell as well. Uh, yeah, Roswell know, there's as so well. Much, yeah. So many great UFO stories, and it's pretty, I don't know, this place is really kind of, I, I, I have a friend here, and so we've, we've stayed here a few times before as well, and he's taken us to all these, like, really old, like, Indian burial sites that are, like, on mountains, like, in, in people's backyards, and I don't know, it's just a really cool place. I, I, I didn't realize you had such a connection there. Is the connection stem mostly just from touring there, or have you spent time there outside of that? Well, I have a, uh, we actually really, I don't know if we've ever played Albuquerque before. Last night may have been the first time. It's possible we have played maybe 2007 we did it. I can't really remember. But we, uh, we usually pass through here on our way to, like, you know, Austin, if we've played the West Coast. And so... I have a, a really old friend of mine uh, uh, lives in Albuquerque, so he every time we would come through, we would stay with him, and so we kind of, and we'd have a day off because it was always a driving day. So we would always have these you know big dinners, and he'd take us and take us out and drive us around and show us the sights. So I kind of got to know the place a little bit, and then just by chance when I was doing research I- into this uh, ET, the extraterrestrial Atari video game, uh, I, I I found out that they it was like one of the worst selling video games of all time. And so they took all these unsold video game cartridges and buried them uh, outside uh, this town called Alamogordo, New Mexico. And apparently they're still buried there. And I just found out that there's a Canadian film company who are going to do a documentary of it. And they just got the rights from the city. They are paying $26,000 to the city to be able to go to Alamogordo, find the site and excavate it. Wow. Jeez, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a, it's such a wild concept. You know, I, I really like the idea of something being, you know, such a, a an absolute failure, and then and then also it's kind of got this like extraterrestrial thing to it because it's you know it was based on the on the on the movie E.T. Yeah, yeah, which is that that is that is pretty odd. And I mean, this Alamogordo thing. I mean, this this connection between you, the song, and the 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 the, the town itself. I mean, clearly this is a magical place. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was super fun playing here last night. I, I felt like I was finally able to, to you know, bring, you know, make the whole connection for like you know what the album is, you know, some of the content is about, and you know how we it just felt. I don't know. I just felt right last night. Yeah. Well, I've, I've actually read that that more than previous records of yours, the band spent a lot more time kind of figuring out how to put this new album together. Is that true? Yeah, it was it was it was tough, and I think most of it was just because we had this this ridiculous self-imposed deadline, and so we kind of rushed things just to kind of you know we wanted to see if we could make a record. We usually it's about three years between albums for us, and this time around we were like, let's see if we can do it faster. And so the more we kind of got closer to our self-imposed deadline, because our labels don't, you know, they're not pushing us at all. They're, they let us take our time. It was, it was our, it was, we were just kind of putting it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, 
it didn't really work. And, the, and once we realized, we were like, okay, let's, let's just like screw the, the self-imposed deadline and just start from scratch. And once we dropped that and we were able to relax, that's when it actually came together and we were able to finish the record. And then in, it ended up being three years. <laughs> like it, <all> <laughs> it, it, it took about the same amount of time. Well, I understand the the feeling about rushing, uh, the feeling of rushing uh, when you when you self impose your own, you know, when you have your own deadline there. But it's funny that in spite of the the rush that you sort of describe, the songs are kind of sprawling. They seem to sprawl a bit more. They're longer. Uh, there's more going on. They're densely textured, and, and in that sense, I think they actually reward a deeper, long term concentration. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there is. There, there, there seems to be. I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was conscious or not. But you know, there was. There's definitely a, a more of a. Um, there's more of an atmospheric touch to this record. For, you know, for sure there is, and there also seems to be a bit more like of a light, a lightness to it. You know, like the the, the guitars. There isn't so much heavy guitar riffing, and there's a, a little bit more space for things to kind of linger and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a cool record that way. I, we were able to kind of make things a little bit more sort of you know lift the weight a little bit. Yeah, and it, as you say, it's atmospheric, which in a sense makes it a little less tangible, a little less immediate in some ways. Uh, yeah. And you you've expressed a great love for melodic pop music in the past. Uh, it's been exhibited on Besnard Lake's records. It's it's exhibited here as well. But as you say. It's a little different. Uh, does this record it's a bit re- more veiled? Yeah. Yeah. Does this record represent a, a, a particular challenge for you and your audience? You say it was kind of unconscious, but in the end, do you see it? I, I think I, I have a feeling that it's, it's taken a little bit for the audience to kind of get into this record. Like I hear, like I'm starting to see people now, like on the social media, going, "Holy shit!" Like. <laughs> you know, I've been listening to this record for, you know, three months now, and uh, now I finally get it. Like, it's a real, in this world of immediacy, where it's like, you know, we, you know that this, you know, everybody's got like one song that they put on their thing, and they just put it on shuffle, and you know, listening to full albums front to back, front to back is, you know, kind of, you know, go. It's in this time, it's like, you know, it's not, that's not one of the things that people are doing these days. So yeah. To you know, to force somebody to listen to an album like three or four times until they they get it, it can this you know in this day and age it can be a bit tough for us to get our point across. But we don't really care. No, and I, I mean I think the flip side of that is that people are into longer form. The kind of whole the album is dead stuff. I kind of feel is I feel like we're past it a little bit because if you actually look at the way other things are consumed, you know I'm thinking about things like uh, podcasts, which are often you know like this one this will uh, i'm not i'm not sure how long we're gonna go but it's like long right. a lot of podcasts are popular and there are a lot of long form conversations um you know certain websites are putting out think pieces like long essays and people are consuming them so i feel like there's That's a true it's confusing it's a confusing time we're being kind of led on one hand to believe that it's a soundbite culture on another you have people searching for depth and and embracing the depth of of more long-form ideas. And I think, you know, this is a record that certainly fits into the latter. Yes, it definitely does. Yeah. The interplay of voices between you and, and Olga is, has al- is always interesting to me. How, how much do you actually write together and how do you... Well, let's start with that. How much do you actually write together and work on parts together? 
Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it's a bit like a melting pot. Like, we're usually together in the studio when we're, when we're putting stuff together 90% of the time. Uh, there'll be little bits and moments where we're on our own if we have something that we want to kind of, you know, get onto tape. But for the most part, you know, either I'm sitting at the back of the room or Augie's sitting at the back of the room and, you know, we're criticizing each other and <laughs> <laughs> telling each other, telling, you know, Augie's always telling me that it's too long and I have to make it shorter. And <laughs> and I'm always telling her that she's got too many words and she has to make, you know, stop saying so many words. And, and so we just argue and bicker back and forth. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome because it's, you know, we have this honesty and, we, and we're doing it for the, you know, the honesty comes out of the... the um, we want to, we want what's best for the music. And so, you know, our egos are kind of checked at the door. So, but usually when she's, you usually when she's writing the, the song, she'll have the, she'll sing it. Uh, this record again was a little different because, uh, I was really busy in the studio working with other bands at the time. So, uh, Augie would just be kind of in the other room, you know, screwing around with vocal ideas and stuff and, and she had a lot of time to do that so just by nature of her having you know more time to, to kind of play with the songs than me there was, actually a, there was actually a couple songs where I was going to sing and she came into the room one day and she's like you gotta come hear the, this line she's like I think I want to sing this song I was like I, I, was, I'm gonna, I was gonna fucking sing that song <laughs> and then I would go and listen to it and I'd be like oh I, that's way better than than what I would have done, so that's yours. So she actually, this is the most she's ever sang. Like, I think she's on half the record. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's cool. She's, uh, she was, you know, she just had all this, uh, you know, I don't know, Besnard records are kind of like that. They're, they're, it's spontaneous, you know. It's like, you know, we don't, we don't usually go into the studio with anything pre-written. We just kind of sit there and hope that something comes to us and, you know, use the studio to kind of, create our atmospheric sounds and a lot of it comes by mistake and then we have to figure out ways to recreate it so <laughs> uh, her being able you know her coming up with the lyrics for the songs is you know kind of by just it was by accident just because i wasn't i was too busy to to do it and that's I, that's one of the my favorite things about besnard is the the idea of it just being kind of there's no strong mandate. A lot of it is just chance exercise, and and what comes out the other end is just as surprising to us as it is to anybody else who's listening. So hmm. that I, lo- I love being able to sort of see the products. You know, if I was a painter, I could describe it as you know, you never know what you're going to get if you're Jackson Pollock. You know, yeah. just chuck some paint on and see what happens in the end, and then you've got something. Right. And that that sense of discovery is really cool. Well, speaking of that sense of discovery, there is a certain connotation with the music Besnard makes. Uh, people often say that it's uh, psychedelic or trippy, and this is kind of a personal question. It, maybe it doesn't have to be, but how would you describe the, the relationship between your music and the kind of, well, let, I'll just say the ingestion of like mind-altering substances. Do you actually, <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you see a kind of cultural connection between that? Um... I hope so. <laughs> I had, I, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of calling to, to that state of that altered state of mind. You know, like the, the those times when I was young uh, were some of the moments when I was listening to music when I was in an altered state. 
probably were the moments that made me realize that I wanted to or needed to make music. They're, they were life-changing moments for me, and I, I still kind of call to those moments and still have a real romantic notion of, you know, the first time I was listening to, you know, specific... So, I don't know, at that point when you're, you know, in an altered state, it doesn't matter sometimes what you're listening to, you just completely, just get completely blown away by anything because your mind is just, you know, whirling around. So I think that is something that's really kind of, I'm, I'm calling people uh, to, you know, calling people to arms as the altered state to kind of, you know, disappear from the world for. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 45 minutes and... That's why we make albums too. It's like it's almost you know we, we all are, everything's sort of based in the idea of like sitting down, putting it on, and listening to it from front to back, mm. and kind of hoping to get lost in a world. And you don't even really need to be high to do it, but it maybe helps. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I, here's the thing: I'm I'm basically straight edge. I don't know what it's like yeah. to be on something and listen to music. Although a lot of the music I like. You know, the people making it have been on things, you know, and it's kind yeah. of on record. It's like a documented thing. Uh, can you, from your experience, talk a little bit about what it's like for me? Like, talk, tell me what it's like to make music in an altered state and, and, and what that experience is like. Well, I don't know. One of the things is I can't really make music in an altered state. I don't know if I ever have been able to. Uh, but it's the mo- it's the it's the it's the it's the ideas that happen and the and the excitement that happens i don't know there's like it's i've never really had to explain it before it's it's a really it's a really tough <laughs> thing to, to totally convey. uh it's you know it's it's very um it's very whole it's a full body experience at times you know like if you're talking about like i'm mostly just talking about lsd mm-hmm. specifically and i stopped doing that eons ago but those moments when i was doing it when i was younger it was like you know you're hallucinating and you're seeing things and you close your eyes and you're still seeing you know things floating across you know the peri- your your vision which I don't even know if you could call it vision anymore, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're listening. You know, you, 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 there's a heightened sense of you know you can hear things in music that you weren't. You know, you can dig in and kind of reach into how deep. You know, what's happening sort of beyond. You're hearing you're hearing things that you've never really heard before. Any anybody can do that. You don't have to be altered to you know to hear things you've never heard before. But 
maybe it happens more immediately. Like you don't have to listen to something three or four times to be able to dig in and go, oh yeah, no, I never heard that guitar part before. It's like when I first when I first started listening to music while on acid, it was like, okay, well, I'm I can't believe this, these things that are coming out of the speakers right now. And you just you kind of you. you you can kind of feel the textures and you can hear them and you, and there's a kind of a curiosity there. And at least for me, I was like, I wanted to figure out how to make those happen. And, you know, and I, I, it kind of created a, a drive for me to actually like, that's kind of why I started recording. So I was, you know, I grew up in Regina and there wasn't really a lot of places there to record that would make records sound like what I was listening to. So I would, I'd, kind of motivated myself to figure it out and do it myself. I'm like, nobody else is going to help me do it, so mm-hmm. i got to do it on my own. So, And then I just stopped doing those drugs. <laughs> now, you, yeah, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago, you mentioned about how some of the music you make is like a callback to these moments that you experienced uh, while in an altered state. Uh, and I guess in, the terms, in terms of LSD, I guess you would call that like a... Well, it's not a flashback because that's it's got a negative connotation. But you know what I mean. It's like trying to yeah. conjure up that sensation again. And uh, I, I'm curious if if the sensation is something you're you're trying to conjure, why not just have the experience again? What actually prompts you to stop uh, feeling something that makes you feel something so profoundly? Because I don't want to get lost in it for eight hours. <laughs> it's those kinds of that that kind of drug LSD is like it's a young person's drug it's you have to you because it can go it can go both ways right like you can have an amazing experience and I had I don't think I really ever had a bad trip but there but I knew people who just like went down the rabbit hole and it got ugly and you can't you're you're lost in it for like five or six hours you can't just say I'm not going to be high anymore it takes you over hmm for, you know, for a long period of time. And then, you know, and uh, once you start getting older and you have, like, you know, real-life problems, like you can't make your rent or, you know, you have your, you know, I don't know, insurance or, you know, just stupid everyday normal things, that you those things will enter into your brain and completely ruin your trip. Right, <laughs> right. So it's a young person's thing. It's like when you you, you got to be, you know, you got to be in the state of mind where things are kind of still... You know, I, I, my experiences were from like 18 to 23 years old when I was like, you know, I was going to school and just, you know, going to university or art school. and I was just kind of barely, you know, just going through the motions, but like, you know, really doing a lot of acid and not having a care in the world. You know, like I lived, I lived at home and, you know, I didn't have to worry about rent or anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Once you start to have those real life problems, it's like that. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in that anymore. It's just sure. too much. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, but there is still a relationship between the Besnard's music and that sensation. Like, there's some this for someone who partakes of it. Still, they might find something kind of magical about that experience. Combined. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing. It's like I I I, I I'm hoping to kind of create, you know, a 45 minute altered state that you can like you can get out of if you want to and it's always going to be a a nice experience an enjoyable experience and maybe sort of you know an uplifting enchanting experience as well and i don't really 
you know, I, I, I think, I think it's like I'm trying to create the sort of mini acid trip that you don't need to get lost in and lose your mind for, you know, and, and, you know, screw yourself up (laughs) (laughs) some, you know, for life in some, some instances. Okay. You can just kind of go into this zone and enjoy yourself. You're, 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 you're creating a synthetic high. Yes, I think so. I'm yeah. hoping to anyway. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Well, this is good. This is illuminating. I have no idea. I, I hear people <laughs> talk about music like this in these terms, and I have never been able to necessarily relate to it, Like, except, like, you know, I like certain, what, what can be deemed psychedelia. I like the music, and I sometimes yeah. wonder what it must be like in, a, in an altered state, but at the same time, I'm never compelled to try it. Because I'm, I'm a dad, yeah, yeah, I'm an yeah. adult, I'm an adult like you described. I got a mortgage, I can't do that stuff, and I'm not interested. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Those, those things are just like, once you get older, like, I don't really have any desire to do that kind of stuff anymore either. It's like, I, and I, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the music has kind of helped me to not have that desire as well, because when I, I kind of get little bits of sensation like that when I'm on stage playing the songs live. It's like, I think there's, there's a, the, you know, there's, there's kind of a correlation there. Like you do kind of get a sense of euphoria when you're playing and, you know, you re- you're realizing that you're, that you're pushing all this, you know, loud sonic texture into a room, you know, at 110 or 115 decibels where there's, you know, a bunch of people there who are, you know, experiencing what you're throwing at them. Yeah. And that's, that's a really special moment, and I, no, I'm never going to take that for granted, the fact that people can come and, you know, and, and, and hear that and experience it. And some of the greatest euphoric moments are like looking out into the crowd and seeing people just sort of standing there with their eyes closed. It's like when their eyes, when their eyes are closed, I know that they're getting it. Yeah. You know, aside from the pot smoke that's wafting through the air, it's like I, <laughs> if, I see them, if I see them and they're standing there and their eyes are closed, I'm like, that's exactly what I want from people. I want them to, I want them to lose themselves in it. That's the, that's the whole, that's the whole ticket of what we're trying to do. Okay. No, I, I guess I'm glad I asked. I, it was a, I, I hesitate to use the term gateway, but it was like a gateway into some knowledge there. <laughs> I'm glad you asked too, because I'd never really talked about it before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm coming at it from a fairly naive perspective and you know, we, you and I have talked a bunch about your music I wanted to talk yep. about something uh, to do with it that, you know, just something I've always wondered about. So thank you for fielding that. I, uh, before I let you go, Jace, uh, can you tell us what's next for the Besnards? You've got these shows coming up, uh, and then uh, yeah. what's next? Well, we, after Toronto, we're going to come back. Uh, we might go back to uh, the U.K. one more time, uh, and then we're going to... See if we're gonna we start if we can start making another record again. And hopefully it's not gonna be three years. But we've also we also have this plan in the works where we're going to try to put together uh, a very large band uh, oh, and huh? and see who's see if there's gonna be any takers in some larger cities. And we want to be able to play the albums exactly as they are. So that would mean like string section, uh, extra guitars. Uh, like choir, like that, you know, backup singers, extra keyboards. It would be a really, really big band, but it's something that I've always wanted to do, and it would be a pretty. It's going to be a pretty intense undertaking, but that's going to be something that probably in the next, you know, in in the short term, that I think we're going to try to do. Wow! And do you have? Obviously, you've thought about this. You've you've got some connects in in different cities that could make that happen. I yeah, we've been sort of kind of. 
talking to the you know the promoters in different cities, just saying you know if we put this together, you know would you be on board for it? Like it's a, it'd be very expensive, so we you know we're you know we'd be taking like probably taking nine or ten or more people out on the road with us. You know would be a huge band, so it would. I don't know how logistically we're going to make it happen. So, um, but that that's you know we'll figure out. We'll figure it out somehow. I really, really want to do it. Okay. Well, we'll look out for that too. That's that sounds incredible. That's cool. Yeah, I know. Let's cross the <laughs> fingers. <laughs> I can see why you don't do acid. You got to stay focused on all these projects. <laughs> yeah, I would just. I wouldn't do anything. I'd just be a curled up little, little ball. It'd be a little mess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, once again, the yeah. Besnard Lakes' his latest album is "Until an Excess." Imperceptible UFO, which is out now on Jag Jag. Oh, now I screwed up Jag Jag. Oh, I can't even say it. Oh, I said the name <laughs> of the album the right. <laughs> Something you had the to give. Right, and then you screwed up the rest. <laughs> Jag Jaguar and Outside Music. Those are the labels that are putting out this record, or that have put out this record, and it's a great record. You should check it out. The band's current tour brings them to Toronto's Lee's Palace on November 29th, and you can learn more about them at thebesnardlakes.com. Uh, Jace, before we go, is there a song from the new record that we might be able to pl- play for people so that they can get a sense of what we've been um, talking about? Maybe play Color Your Lights In. Color Your Lights In. Okay. Any, yeah. partic- any particular reason why that came out, came to mind? Uh, well, we just... Ha- we just it, It's kind of the, the... We just made a video for it, so it's kind of the song that's in people's rotation right now, so... That that makes sense. All right, this is it. This is Color Your Lights In by the Besnard Lakes. Uh, uh, Jace, uh, always a pleasure to speak with you, and, and thank you very much for your time. Good luck on the road. Yeah, thanks, man. Good talking to you, too. That was fun.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. The 12th annual State of the Mall Benefit Concert for the Canadian Cancer Society Towards Leukemia Research takes place at the E-Bar on Thursday, December 5th and Friday, December 6th. This year's all-ages event features Sarah Harmer, Dusted, Bry Webb, Marine Dreams, Grey Kingdom, and Esther Gray. Tickets for each evening are available now via TicketBreak.com and also in person at the Bookshelf, located at 41 Quebec Street in downtown Guelph, where tickets are discounted with a non-perishable donation for the Guelph Food Bank. The E-Bar is also located at 41 Quebec Street and is not accessible. Again, State of the Mall 12 takes place December 5th and 6th. For more information, please check the Facebook event pages or visit vishkana.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.